Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. And now, Mystery Theater. G. Marshall. Outside the Straits of Gibraltar, to the northwest of Cadiz, lie some of Spain's most beautiful beaches, protected by island sandbars. And to the south of Cadiz, the towering mountains begin to rise, on one of which, Monte Alegre, is the hacienda which holds the heart of this story. Approaching it by car at this moment are Chad Reynolds and Elizabeth Monroe. But you haven't told me about the Senora Escobar. La Doña? To give her a full title? Oh, no. She's not to be mentioned. Why not? Because she is dead. You remember that little lodgie I showed you cut into the mountain? The wedding present. Uh-huh. It uh, turned out to be her tombstone also. <laughs> mystery drama, The Devil's Leap, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Mercedes McCambridge. All men love beauty in a woman. America has worshipped a long line of beauty queens, sex symbols, love goddesses. And today, as of this moment, one of the, perhaps the best loved, is Elizabeth Monroe. Sitting with her agent Mark Burns, a longtime friend, at a table at Madrid's brightest, newest, and most expensive nightclub, La Ronda. What's the matter, Liz? What? You're not eating. Oh, no, no, I, uh... Oh, stop worrying about me. I'm uh, washed out. You shouldn't have let me book you into this place. Oh, don't be silly. I was here for retakes on the picture, and I had this... Well, I wanted to sing again, Mark. I mean, in front of people. Listen, you could go home, take the Hollywood Bowl, and fill it and get your heart's desire. Little wine? All right. No, I didn't mean that. I meant... Oh. Oh, hey, you spilled it. I, I'm sorry. No, I... no, 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 no. I'm the one that's sorry. Well, why did you start so and turn away like that? I just didn't want that boy crossing the dance floor to see me. You mean Joe College or whatever he is? I mean Don Pedro Escobar de Villarmo. Oh, okay. So outside of his name, what's his particular problem? It's just that he hates me. He's male, and he hates you? Enough to kill me. And with reason. When I think of what I once had to do to that boy, I... <laughs> Mark, I can't stay here. Come on. I'll have to go back to my dressing room. Okay, Liz, I'll bring the dinner back here. Why the sudden flight? I told you, Mark. It's that boy. Are you really afraid of him? Maybe I better... No, no, not physically. It isn't like that. I... 
If he's going to be in the audience tonight, I don't want to sing. Well, it's not in the contract, Liz. Two shows a night, dinner and supper at a queen stipend. Not enough for you, but it's what you insisted on signing. You should be taking a rest between pictures. Who needs this? I told you. I had an unstoppable yen to go back to my beginnings, to be with people. Something that lives and breathes and reacts so that you can feel it. It began a long time before you found me. I couldn't get anywhere at home, but here in Europe they liked me as a singer. And it was here, in Spain, in Cadiz, that I had my first really big success. What was I then? Well, not all that young, really. I was 27, I guess. Have you ever been in Cadiz, Mark, in the height of summer? The waters, a dancing fire, sparkling a thousand colors under that burnished sun. The skies are high and blue and cloudless, and the faces of the people shine with love and laughter. One night at dusk, one of my most insistent uh, suitors, a party boy from the American jet set with too much money and too little else, was driving me to a weekend party at the Hacienda Monte Alegre, which is the home of Don Emilio Escobar de Villarmo. Oh, Chad, for heaven's sake, take it easy on the curves. Have no fear, lady. I wouldn't risk a hair on that blonde and lovely head. Well, I'm just a hard-working nightclub singer who's looking for a restful weekend. I don't promise you rest at Monte Allegro. It's apt to be more fiesta. I, uh, hope. Well, it'll be a change of scene, anyway. Are we getting near it? Yep, very soon now, around this next band. Hey, Look up there at the mountain as we go across the bridge over the gorge. Hmm? You see that little loggio up there like a like an eagle's nest? Yes. Oh, it looks like it's cut right out of the mountain. It was by Don Emilio. Wedding present for his wife. Oh, there's the most magnificent view from there. Cadiz to the north, Gibraltar to the south, and the whole Atlantic beyond the sandbars stretching into infinity. Ah, what a lovely wedding present. Yeah, only backfired. Turned out to be a pretty deadly one. Well, what do you mean? Oh, let's drop it, Liz. What do I call my host? Well, if you want to be very formal, it's Senor Escobar. More intimately, or I mean uh, informally, Don Emilio. Well, which do you suggest? It's up to you. You're going to find him unbending, remote, and very much in the tradition of the Spanish Grande. And the rest of his household? One son. His only son, Don Pedro. His nickname is Perico. He he just came back from a year as an exchange student at Princeton. That's how I met the family, through my kid brother knowing Perico. He's a strange guy. He's shy and intelligent, but he... Well, just let's leave it. He's strange. How old is he? About 17, I guess. He's kind of young in a lot of ways for his age. 17? I'm surprised he's a very young son for Don Emilio because he's he's not that young. Oh, he seems older than he is. He's uh, had quite a bit of sadness in his life. But come on, Liz, I don't want to depress you. You haven't told me about Senora Escobar. Ah, La Doña. Well, she's uh, not to be mentioned. Oh, why not? 
Because she's, uh, she's dead. Oh, I'm sorry. Was it recently? No, uh, five years or so ago. Look, uh, do you remember that little lodger I told you about? The wedding present? Oh, yeah. It, uh, turned out to be her tombstone also. What? The road down to it is closed up. No one goes there anymore. <laughs> Natives think it's haunted. They call it El Salto de Diablo. You mean the Devil's Leap? That's right. One night five or six years ago, part of the balustrade gave way, and Don Emilio's wife fell a thousand feet down the mountain from there to her death. Well, you're certainly making this weekend sound less and less attractive. Well, to compensate, I guess, Don Emilio has surrounded himself ever since his wife's death with color and gaiety and young people. That's why he asked me to bring you. <laughs> You'll see. Oh, look, look, look. Oh, how gorgeous that is. I don't know how to describe it. The famous carnations of Monte Alegre. Oh. Don Emilio's hobby. I suppose there isn't a color or variety he doesn't grow. They were her favorite flower. They say that when she was found, she had a blood red one clasped in one hand. And that was how I first came to the Hacienda, Monte Alegre, the happy mountain. And my host, Don Emilio, I found to be gracious and formal, less cold than Chad had led me to believe. And while he stood aloof from the merriment, it was not he who brought the chill with the coming of dusk as if the ghosts of long-gone days still lurked in the shadowed halls. No, the most tragic ghost of all was the pale, intense young man with the great liquid brown eyes who hovered on the edge of the gaiety as though haunted and unbearably sad. Hello, Don Pedro. Senorita. We haven't had much of a chance to talk since we met. I am not a very good talker. I saw you talking to my father. Yes, naturally. He's my host. Yes, but... But what, Don Pedro? Please, it is formal. You will call me Perico, perhaps. Please, Senorita Monroe. All right. It's a very nice name. And uh, I am Elizabeth. Elisabetta. <laughs> no, my friends call me Liz. I want to be your friend. Would you uh, want to to promenade in the garden before the light goes? Oh, I'd love it. Thank you. So much smoke in here and noise, and those are two things I want to get away from. Come with me, senor. Uh, oh, I mean, Liz. I must talk with you. Even in this fading light, they are still so beautiful. Los claveles. I beg your pardon. Oh, uh, carnations. They were my mother's favorite flower. Would you like to see where she died, Senorita Liz? Why, I, I... I want to show you. Because I think you should leave here tonight. Now. If I asked you to, would you? Why, Perico, I can't. I'm a guest. You will come with me so you will understand why you must live here. 
I went with him, almost mesmerized. I don't know why. I should have thought of danger with this strange, intense, tightly wound boy. It's like the mainspring of a watch ready to snap, like an explosion waiting to occur. But there was something so appealing about him. So I followed him. Beyond the carnations to a gap between the rocks now boarded up by a heavy oaken door. But he veered to the left of it. And then after a moment, he moved aside a heavy rock that swung on a pivot. And we went through and down some steps in front of us until we emerged onto a flat stage that hung almost suspended in space with a summer house built against the mountain and then a balustrade guarding the drop below. And with a start in the twilight, I realized that I was on the devil's leap. The spot Chad had shown me from the road below. Why, why did you bring me here, Perico? Because I had to warn you. There is death here, Liz. My father desires you. I could see it in his eyes. Don Emilio? Oh, really? You... I do not joke. I know my father. He kills everything he loves. And I do not want you to die as my mother died. Come here to the balustrade, and I will show you. In the half-glow of twilight, there is something strange and terrifying about this tortured young man. What wild fancy has opened up his shyness? and made him pick on Liz to bring to this deadly spot. I'll be back shortly with Act Two. Instinctively, Liz clings to the solid safety of the loggia, backed by the mountain. Invitingly outlined by the last reflected glare of the sun, which has just set... Perico stands by the low balustrade, a few scant inches from a plunge of over a thousand feet. You are in danger here. From your father? Oh, I can't believe that. Can you believe that five years ago, by the time I was 12, my mother lay down there, 1,100, 1,200 feet down, crushed and broken on the rocks? Yes, I've heard that she, uh had an accident that the balustrade gave way. It was no accident. My father threw her over because he had tired of her. The balustrade was broken later to make it seem like an accident. Perico. Oh, how can you think such things about your father? You, of all people, should be able to see how your mother's death very nearly destroyed him. Not her death. His guilt. Well... How can I argue with you? But I am sorry for you. Sorry for me? Why? To live with such hate locked up inside you. Oh, look, Perico. Look down at those magnificent beaches. They're the best in all of Spain. And there are fiestas, festivals, and bullfights. And even this week, a carnival... Oh, yes, the carnival. Yes, and this year bigger than ever. With real sideshows and a carousel and lots of games. And a Ferris wheel. Yes, a Ferris wheel. 
I, I've never been up in one. <laughs> could we... Could we go together? Caramba, how I would like that. Will you go with me, senorita? Liz. Uh, yes, Liz. Would you? Oh, we could have lots of excitement and fun, huh, Perico? Magnifico. Will you let me take you with me? I think that would be just... Magnifico. And exactly what is everybody singing Magnifico about? Don Emilio. Perico, you know who I am? Si, senor. Then do me the courtesy of addressing me correctly. Oh, yes, me. Padre. What are you doing here? You know this place is forbidden. How did you know I was here? It's beside the point. You have not answered my question. Why do you have to spoil everything? Always. You forget yourself in front of a guest. Leave us. It's all right, Liz. You'll be safe. I know you're here. Perico, what do you... <laughs> I must apologize for my son. I hope you will forgive him, Senorita Monroe. There's nothing to forgive. I found him charming until... Until I appeared, eh? Eh, it's for nada. It's not difficult to know that you were missing and Perico is always on my mind. I had a sudden uh, uneasiness. When I saw the rock was out of place, I thought I might find you here. Well, I should be the one who apologizes, really, but Perico was so anxious to bring me here that I... You didn't want I am. I don't know if Pico brought you here or what he has been telling you. Well, he's been telling me that he has never been to a carnival and that he would like to escort me to the one in Cadiz. Senorita, I would not want to impose on my guests. Oh, I've already accepted. Subject, of course, to your approval. What can I say? I am only sorry that I am not the one to be your escort. The wind is rising. Yes, not a good place to be. You'll forgive me as a bad host, but I cannot stand this place, senorita. El Salto de Diablo, well... Well named. Oh. Senorita, what is it? Well, that lovely red carnation. You've crushed it in your hand. Oh, I'm sorry. It was meant for you. We will find you another on the way back. I lay awake for a long time that night. I wondered about that long ago accident or suicide or... Yes, I wondered too if some guilty secret had laid its pall over this uneasy house. But washing all that out of my mind was a wave of pity for two lonely people. A proud, unbending older man and a shy, hurt boy whose world had been shattered before he'd even had time to build it. Both of them were haunted by a tragedy that should have brought them closer together, but which instead had driven them apart. 
a man who is it? Fire! How can it not hurt? <laughs> it doesn't seem to. Oh, but the torch is burning the paper. See? <laughs> Ay-ya! Look here! It don't look a lot. A woman is immensely fat. Come, please, come. It was hard to recognize this excited, well, boy. But that's what he was like. To imagine him as he was now, full of bubbling good spirits, as being the same person as the pale, retiring, tortured Perico of Monte Alegre. And as I followed him from booth to booth at the carnival, I found that I was feeling as young and as full of life and laughter as he. Now come, we must ride the ferris wheel. We entered our little cage at the bottom of a huge wheel, and seconds later we were whirling upwards. And suddenly Perico's hand was grasping mine, his eyes darting about the carnival below, all eager and pleased. And then just as suddenly as we stopped at the crest, his grip was agonizingly strong. What, what, what is it, Perico? I, I am afraid. Why, there's nothing to be afraid of. It is like El Soto del Diablo. So high above. Oh, no, no, forget about that. You don't understand. It is when I am on heights, I have this. I want to to throw myself over or push. No, no, you're not going to fall. Not while I'm with you. If only you could always be with me, Liz. But then nobody is. Nobody, I... I'm sorry. You're sorry for what? And yet... There you are, you see? Now there's nothing to worry about. Here we go, down again. Everything is all right. But everything was not all right. A shadow had passed across the bright day. And something twisted in this boy sprang back like a spring released to its original form. And that challenged me. I promised myself that before I left Cadiz, I would try to banish that shadow. In the next two weeks, I saw a lot of Perico. We swam together from the golden beaches. We laughed and danced at fiestas. We sat entranced at the bullring. I stayed, too, at Monte Alegre a great deal, playing chess in the evening with Don Emilio. Or dining at the great carved oak table while he talked of poetry or the theater or the past glories of Spain. But my time with father and son was mostly divided. I could not bring them together. And at the last, at the end of my singing engagement, I had to leave Monte Alegre. Suddenly, without warning forever. We had gone, Perico and I, that last day on a picnic far from the hacienda. It was a drowsy, lazy summer's day. And after the picnic lunch, we lay back, dozing in the shade of an orange grove. Que dia maravilloso. I could die this moment. <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. <laughs> I mean because I am so happy. I am too. What a pity it has to end. 
twins. Oh, yes, Perico. I can't be on vacation forever. I've got to leave and get back to work. You cannot leave me. What should I do? <laughs> well, you go to college, find new friends. I do not want new friends. Well, for your father's sake... Don't mention his name. I hate my father. Oh, I don't think that's true. He killed my mother. No, I don't think that's true either. You talk to my father. Have you asked him? No. It's as hard to talk to him sometimes as it is to you. To me? Yes, to you. Even though you say we are friends. Friends? You are not my friend. You are... I am what? Oh, to harass me, Vita. I adore you with all my heart. Come, come, no, come. No, 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 not me, Perico. Oh, no. Oh, what a fool I've been. I should have known. Why? Because I am so much older. No, when I've been with you, I've been thinking of you as a... Don't say it. It is my fault. Now it's all ruined. Oh, I never meant to tell you. It's hopeless. Perico. Completely hopeless. Perico, come here. Don't touch me. Of course I'll touch you. Come here now. There. You're here in my arms. Listen to me. There's nothing so terrible about love, Perico. Would you wait for me? That's up to you. You have so many things to finish first. There's college. And where you want to go with your life. You have a world to conquer. Oh, if I could, I would lay that feet. <laughs> so I think that you could. But first, conquer it. And yourself. Then it is not hopeless. Nothing is ever hopeless, Perico. Nothing in this whole wide world. you bring me down here, Don Emilio? I don't quite know. Except it is a place where we can be completely alone. And this is your last night in Andalusia. At least it's before twilight. And the view is indescribably lovely. As you are. I can tell you one reason I brought you here. I have a story to tell you before I... I ask you to marry me. To marry you? But I... I know. It is strange. I never thought love could come to me again. But it has. Well, if for no other reason... For Perico's sake, I can't marry you. He's in love with me, too. Love? A boy? A child? Oh, no, no. A young man. Your child has grown up very fast, Don Emilio. Why must something always stand between me and the one I love? This wretched place. The home of the devil himself. Even the moon rises in blood upon it. Well then, once again, let it rise and sink on it. 
the same sudden violence as he had earlier crushed a blood-red carnation in his hand, Don Emilio moves across the terrace towards Elizabeth Monroe, and she, in sudden and unanticipated terror, braces her back against the balustrade that is the only protection between her and the sheer drop below. I shall return shortly with Act Three. Don Emilio moves fixedly toward where she stands at the balustrade of the terrace, a thousand feet above the jagged rocks below. Liz's terror is only momentary, because almost simultaneously she sees that the Don's eyes are not fixed on her, but on the void beyond her, and instinctively she flings herself back against him, dragging him away from the awesome drop. No! No, Don Emilio, no, no, no. No, that's not the answer. That's never the answer. Let me go. Let me go. And repeat your wife's mistake. My wife's mistake? Yes. What do you know about my wife? Nothing. Only it's obvious that between you and Perico, who should know best, neither one of you thinks that her death was an accident. How could you know that? I don't know that. It's only my guess. Perico thinks you pushed her to her death. And I think that you believe that Perico was the one who caused it. Would you like to know the truth? If it will help you. And Perico. It would be a relief to tell it to someone. And perhaps just once to be believed. She was... Very beautiful, Dolores. Almost as lovely as you. I loved her. How can one measure? I would have gladly died for her. And even though I was older, I thought she loved me. Then came a summer like this. Five years ago when Perico was twelve. We had gone that day to a corrida. The matador was insolent, slim, young, careless. But Dios, he was magnificent in the ring. And your wife, Dolores, fell in love with him. All that summer, he was to fight in Andalusia, Cadiz, Granada, Sevilla. Sometimes she followed him. And when she didn't, they met by night. Here, in this lodge, in the shadow of my own roof. And all this time you stood by and said nothing. She would not hear me. I kept thinking it would end. She would see this empty, strutting pigeon for what he was and come back to me. Till at last, I knew I must end it. You? You don't mean that Perico is right? No. I bought this strutting peacock of a matador off, as I should have in the beginning. He walked out without a backward look. And, and, and your wife? One night, Dolores stole from the house down here to the devil's platform. I thought perhaps I... 
I don't know what was in my mind. I stumbled down here blindly, half expecting to find them together again. And on the way, I have a half memory of looking back and seeing Perico running in the shadows somewhere. But when I got here, I don't know what I might have done if I had found them. Instead, I found... Don Emilio, you'd better finish it now that you started. Cleanse my soul? <laughs> I found myself alone under a blood-red moon. Till I looked over the parapet. And there, far below, she lay broken and bloodied as the moon and the carnation we found in her hand. An accident. I mean, the balustrade was broken, wasn't it? That had happened in the rains a day or so before. So it was what I finally guessed. A suicide. I might have learned to live with that. But not... Not what? Oh, you can't think that Perico could possibly have... We both loved her so. Anything is possible. The curse of our heritage is too much pride. Too much pride? You think that Perico might somehow have found out about his mother. And that he... I cannot allow myself to think such a thing. And to the best of my knowledge, he has never known... And does not, to his day. Uh, well, now, what is there left to be said? I had hoped, watching you and Perico together, and from all the times we have been together, that somehow what has been lost could be found again. I had dared to hope that you would marry me. To bring you and Perico together... I am not that totally unselfish or incapable of love. No. First, for yourself. Then the other. But for you to marry Perico... Marry him? No, 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 no. I'm much too old for your son. As much as I love him. He'll have all his trust and confidence. And his heart. I know, I blame myself for that. Senorita, forget the Escobar family. There is nothing you can do for us. Well, maybe I can. If I can face being cruel enough. Okay. First love is full of pain. And it is sometimes better to be cruel in order to be kind. I think perhaps what this situation needs is a new villain. Yes. That's the best thing I can do. What are you going to do, senorita? I'm going to help you try to find your son. Yes, who is it? Perico. Oh, Perico. All right, come on in. 
Bueno dia, Liz. Isn't it a beautiful day? Everybody seems to be smiling. What are you doing? Well, as you can see, I am packing. To leave? Yes, to leave. But yesterday you were not planning to leave. Why now? Oh, don't you know about women, Perico? They're just like the weather. They're subject to change without notice. There is a man. The Chad. Or someone. You are in love with another man. Oh, don't be silly, Perico. Don't treat me like a child. Well, then don't act like one. But yesterday you said... I mean, I thought you were going to wait. I thought you loved me. Yesterday was another day. That was sweet and amusing and it suited my fancy. But today, I am going away. Now, will you please lift that bag off the bed for me? Yes, of course. But I cannot understand you. Well, then don't try and I'm not going to apologize. Yes, I led you on. Only to find that you are not ready for love. Just as I did with your father. My father? Oh, yes. Did you know he asked me to marry him? You what? Oh, why do you act like that, Perico? Your father's lonely, too. Well, that is his fault. He got what he wanted. Are you so sure? Have you ever talked about it? You two? No. Then I never will. Besides, he has nothing to do with this. What matters is you and me. Oh, there never was a you and me, Perico. Or me and your father. I'm sorry. It was a long, hot summer. It amused me to play with both of you. But now that game is over. I will kill myself. Oh, I hope not. Why don't you talk to your father about it first? You might learn something. All right, I will. At least he is a man. A man you can trust. But I say one thing before I leave, Senorita Monroe. Yesterday, I say I love you. With all my heart. I take back those words. Today, with... With all my heart. And forever. I hate you. And I don't blame you, Perico. Right at this moment... I'm not very fond of myself. And that's the end of the story, Mark. It was the last time I saw Perico until he walked across the dance floor tonight. And that's why I fled to my dressing room with you, because I was so afraid to face him. But the story isn't finished. What happened? Did your gamble work? I don't even know. I haven't heard from either one of them since I left Penice. Oh, Lord, look at the time. I've got to get made up and ready. Would you get that for me, Mark? Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, she'll be ready. What? Yeah, send them in. What is it? Is it my cue? No, no, relax. you got a few minutes. Okay. Excuse me. Oh, thanks, Arturo. I'll handle them. What is it? Like about the biggest bunch of carnations I ever saw. With a note. A note? Well, I haven't time right now. What does the note say? I think you better read the note yourself. Oh, dear, where's my fan? And my gloves, too. No, you got time. They'll wait for you. Read the note. Okay, give it to me. Let me see. Oh, dear Liz. The carnations are from my father who has told me the whole story about how you left Monte Alegre. 
When I read that you were to sing at La Ronda in Madrid, I had to come to hear you. I wanted to thank you for giving me back my life and my father's. Would it be too much to hope that you might join all of us at our table afterwards? Con todo mi corazón, Perico. All of us. There's a, a postscript there. Oh, yeah. For many reasons. Mainly that I want you to meet my fiancé. Oh, Mark, I'm so glad. It worked for them. That's your intro, baby. Better get going. All right. Except... What? Oh, Mark, I'm so tired of this. The pressure and always being on. I want to be me just the way I was that summer. Okay, Liz. We can arrange that, too. If you want to. Oh, if I want to. It's always been an open contract between us. All right, then. I'm closing it right now. And we can announce our engagement when we join the Escobar. Oh, I don't want to crowd you. <laughs> How can you get any closer? <laughs> I just woke up to what I should have known all along. Yo te adoro, dear Mark. Con todo mi corazón. And the new young bride-to-be, after the show, was a warm and wonderful one. And Don Emilio, older and frailer now, was exalted beyond belief by the coming marriage of his son. And, in a sense, his daughter. I'll be back shortly. Some cynics who might phrase marriage as El Salto de Diablo, the devil's leap. I cannot answer for Perico and his bride because I lost track of them. But as for Liz and Mark, the leap was upwards, never down. Our cast included Mercedes McCambridge, Robert Dryden, Ian Martin, and Christopher Tabori. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. Frontier begins. Tune in each week to the End of the Road radio show on WISN. Meet some interesting people, swap some tunes, tell some stories, or just sit back and take a break at the end of the road. <laughs>